United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Dr. Eli Abuowen is director of the United States Institute of Peace, North Africa programs, and of the MENA, MENA, regional hub in Tunisia, here to talk about what is up in Tunisia today, which is a lot. Doctor, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, Tunisia is still a very unsettled issue. What are they voting on today, sir? Well, officially, they're voting on a new constitution, um, a text that has been revised in the last few weeks uh, on, the, uh, on the demand of the president. But in reality, my own interpretation is that the Tunisians are voting uh, about the last 10 years, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're voting uh, to express disappointment about what happened last 10 years in terms of uh, economic and social developments. Well, I think a lot of people around the world, not just in Tunisia, thought that when they sparked that Arab Spring movement, that it was going to mean really good things for the people. But it, it has not delivered. It has not delivered on the economic side. Politically speaking, uh, Tunisia and other countries as well, uh, I think, broke uh, the uh, broke the ice of the last 40 years in 2011 by moving on to a different political system. However, uh, all the measures that were required to reform the economy and uh, improve on the delivery of the social services and achieve social justice were not taken, actually, by the new governments after 2011. And this caused a huge level of disappointment among the populations in the region. So the president is looking for more power, which is, it seems like, never a good thing. Yes, the president is looking for more power, but for a for the you know Tunisian average citizen, uh, the the drive to support what is what the president is doing is basically to have a more effective governance system. Mm-hmm. So people are looking uh, at the parliamentary system as being too slow to deliver and uh, you know too complex to navigate, basically. Uh, and they attribute the fact that there were no reforms uh, in the last 10 years to this parliamentary system. So the expectation of the population today, and I don't necessarily agree with this, is that with a centralized, strong presidential system, the reform agenda will be pushed forward more quickly. Uh, I don't think this would be the case, uh, but this is how average citizens in Tunisia are uh, looking at the matter. It reminds me a lot of uh, how Russians look at the matter, too. Uh, Not hashtag not all Russians, but some perceive like with a strong leader, with a strong man, like our life will be better, like things will get done. Yes, and this is not exclusive to Tunisia. This same feeling is shared by a lot of people in the region. If you look at how an average Iraqi citizen thinks today, an average Libyan citizen thinks today, etc., uh, you will uh, notice that there are a lot of similarities in how they look at the governance systems in general. So the ambition or the expectation of people in the region is just to have effective and transparent governance system uh, so that they can basically move on to you know, a, a, an improved or a better daily life. This is all what people are aiming at at this stage after 10 years of tribulations in the region. It's so interesting. I mean, I think in the United States, we have so much faith in the, you know, 
so much faith in democracy to to cure problems and to be a force for good. But in these countries you mentioned, Iraq, Tunisia, Syria, etc., uh, where there does there isn't a strong democratic tradition, it's hard to impose democracy and see good things come out of it right away. It's it, you just uh, uh, there was like a French president who gave a speech once saying you can't just put democracy in and think it's going to cure everything. You know, it, it's democracy well, has to evolve. Def- definitely not. It has to be a uh, bottom-up process. Yes. Uh, and as uh, one European ambassador in Tunisia last year said in, you know, in a social function, he said democracy works in democratic societies. <laughs> yes. Uh, so so if, if the social norms in a society are not accepting the democratic values, then the system will not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this is yeah I mean this is part of the problem is that the social norms in the region do not necessarily comply with the democratic uh, values. Uh, so there is a long term social change uh, endeavor that needs to be uh, worked out as well. But the, um, at the same time, there have been some very robust protests uh, in Tunisia uh, 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 heading into this referendum. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, there are some political groups uh, that are opposed to the, the to the president himself, but also to the fa- to the fact that he's trying to change the constitution. So they mobilize their supporters. But you know, as someone who lives in Tunisia, I can tell you that uh, the measures that were taken by the president in the last year uh are still you know being supported by a majority of tunisians so there's mm-hmm. definitely a minority of tunisians who are against and they are raising very good points uh because there has been some decisions uh in the last year who <clears throat> that uh, sorry that basically reminded people of the pre 2011 uh, era uh and this is something that a lot of Tunisians are somehow traumatized about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, uh, as I told you before, the, the fact that the last 10 years did not uh, generate a, an effective governance system is driving mostly the uh, electoral behavior of the Tunisians today. So Tunisians could actually, at the end of this, give the president uh, one-man rule. In the country, which seems, you know, from our perspective, to be a bit of a backslide. What's your view of it? Uh, uh, yes, if the, I mean, the constitution uh, is missing a lot of checks and balances. So as it is, the constitution can be used uh, to reinstore an authoritarian system. Uh, however, I can also see that there is a lot of uh, element uh, elements of resilience among Tunisians, not, not to backslide to that type of of regime so you know any president this one or any future president who is going to use the constitution to re-establish a strong authoritarian regime uh, might not get away with it Uh, because as i told you tunisians today are voting uh, based on one specific objective which is to improve the economic and social uh, conditions uh if this constitution is used for other purposes, then there will be a bigger backlash. Mm, interesting. I mean, do you think the the president has the power to improve economic conditions? Ours certainly doesn't. Improving the economic and social conditions does not depend on uh, decisions by the government alone. Uh, 
or by the president alone. Uh, it requires an overhaul of the system in general that requires the buy-in and the participation of most of the social actors and the economic actors. So this includes the private sector, the unions, uh, and other actors as well. And this is what has been missing in Tunisia for the last 10 years, that the social actors, most notably the unions, were not ready, uh, at least up until recently, they were not ready to uh, sit at the table and seriously discuss what reforms need to be taken and how they can support this reform agenda. So it was all attributed to few uh, decisions by the government, which is uh, basically not accurate. Uh, it's, you know, no government, not, not this president, no, not any government can resolve the economic situation in Tunisia by himself or herself. It requires much more than this. And most of the actors up until recently were not ready to embrace this role. Doctor, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for you having too. me. You too. Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.